0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the Art of You podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Colby Sharma, the author of The Curveball. This was one of my favorite books I read in 2020. I highly recommend picking it up. You could read it in a few short days. It's just over 100 pages. In this episode, Colby and I chat about his journey to writing his first novel and how he balanced law school while writing his first book. Um, I had a great time chatting with Colby. We chat about the book, some of the different characters, and some different things that we can learn about ourselves while reading this book. But anyways, I hope you really enjoy this episode and let me know what you think. Colby Sharma, the author of *The Curveball*. Colby, thanks so much for uh, joining us today and uh, making some time for your schedule. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Jimmy, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to share this time with you and your audience.
0: Oh man, yeah, thank you so much, dude. Um, I wanna, I wanna ask really quick. Um, you know, everybody, you know, knows that you're an author. Uh, you just published your first book, *The Curveball*. Congratulations! Thank you. So um, much. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious about you know your background. Like, where yeah. did you grow up and Growing up yep. as a kid through high school and um, those formative years, like what did you like to do for fun and uh, what was going on in Colby's life as a kid growing up?
1: Yeah, 100%. So I was actually born in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, so okay. shout out to the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> I was raised in, in Toronto where I've just been kind of like ever since. Uh, I'm a law graduate, I guess by like my training, I'd say. And Excellent. that really was a really interesting time because I had got the chance to live in the Caribbean. I went to school, I finished school in uh, Liverpool, Liverpool in the United Kingdom. Oh, so wow. Big uh, soccer fan, for sure. Um, and yeah, in terms of growing up, uh, it, was just pr- it was pretty cool. You know, we I'd love going, uh, we do like summer family trips like to Italy, summer trips to you know the States. We love California, especially the down South. Um yeah, and what I used to do for fun, just like, just like used to go out, you know, play sports, uh, massive baseball fan, awesome. um, like to read, uh, you know, nonfiction books, fiction books. Um, I love like the old classics and Harry Potter as well. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty chill. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Um... I, I, I didn't know that you're from Halifax. I um I've been there before. Absolutely gorgeous town. And yes. Um. Yes. Did you grow? Did Did you play baseball while, while you're uh, living in Halifax? I'd imagine that season be pretty cold.
1: I was actually I was just born in Halifax. So then oh, I you're born in Toronto. Okay. Just uh, born okay. In <laughs> okay. Got it. Awesome. So I, I
0: played
1: I used, played baseball when I was in high school, for the the local team.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I um I grew up playing baseball as well, and you know that's one of the reasons that. Um, you know, the curveball just kind of mm-hmm. sparked my interest. I was like, you know, hey, I haven't read fiction much. I told you before that I've been reading a lot of, you know, self-development nonfiction books like, uh, like you had been. And I was really intrigued to kind of change up the pace. You mentioned that you um, went to law school and mm-hmm. uh, you went to law school in uh, Liverpool. What? I imagine that that's one, not easy to get into. And then two, not easy to finish. Um, I'm curious about that journey of deciding that you want to embark on law school, desire to write and um, put out your own book, transpired some time, that same time period at school. So I'm kind of curious about that evolution.
1: Yeah, yeah one, sorry, 100%. You know, I've always had an interest in the actual study of law. So my father was, was a lawyer. Um, then I took a couple of law classes in high school, and I really, really loved it. In terms of when i wrote the book i wrote the book after my my first year of law school so the summer after my first year i remember you know we're on a trip to california in los angeles and in the business center of the hotel i would just write and write and write and write i'd show my dad i'm like you know here's this you know you give me my his thoughts and i didn't know where i was going at that time but then we came back to toronto i was working in toronto and I used to just write every day I could. I used to write on the subway. I used to write at Tim Hortons. I used to write in my backyard. So it, it really took shape of the, at least the rough outline of the book, the, the rough manuscript, summer 2016.
0: So, wow. So summer 2016 is when you first had the original idea for the curveball or just that's when you decide you're like, I want to, I want to write a book and you know, be an author.
1: It, it was the curveball. It, it was the skeletal outline of the curveball. And in terms wow. of you know why I decided to write like a, like a I guess it's like a self help motivational fiction book was because of my own like personal adversity I've experienced in my own life. So this was before high school, it was before law school, but it was in my formative years as a youth that you know I wanted to really help shed some light on, and I wanted to do it in a way that combines my love for sports and my love for just getting my story out and sharing it with as many people as I, as I could.
0: Awesome. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it just, we're, since we're just jamming on that, you know, even then it was hard to like, you know, am I going on the right track with the book? Am I using too much of, uh, you know, the flashbacks dream within a dream? Am I confusing people? And I think four and a half years on, that's touch wood turned out not to be the case.
0: That's awesome. I, I think that, you know, anyone that's creating art, whether it's writing or music or whatnot, you're, you're going to face some sort of resistance and kind of like this yeah. internal battle in your head. Um, I'm kind of curious about, you know, A lot of it,
1: self-doubt, a lot of it's internal, a lot of it's internal self-doubt and ego.
0: I have 100, I 100% agree with that. Um, you know, I know that you mentioned, you know, in the i ball, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, the connection between that, that sports fans voice. And, uh, (laughs) you know, the, the main character Bryce's head where, you know, Hey sports fans, and kind of like explains the situation in Bryce's head where he's kind of talking to himself. Did you have that voice in your head where you're like, Hey, Colby, like are you throwing yourself out there and committing to that? You had never written a book before. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm committing to this. Um, to move forward, like, what was that process like, like battling that resistance in your head?
1: Yes, certainly. I mean, you know, even when it was coming into its, like, final stages, someone said, you know, you're not sage enough. You know, what are you really doing, like, doing this kind of path? I said, you know, I'm a guy that, you know, have my own unique story to share. I have my own unique vehicle in which to share that story. And I have a vehicle that, you know, it's combining – a great love for feel good fiction in a time where we absolutely need it the most. And then in terms of actually writing it, you know, beginning it four years ago, of course, you know, it was a lot of self doubt. It was a lot of like, you know, maybe would the book, my first ever book be as good as maybe my father's first book, who knows? What would, did that look like? Would it, it meet those expectations? But then it had it got to like an internal point where it's like, you know, you have your own vision, you have your own, you know, unique ideas in which to shape the message though. Because there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. I've just shared it in a way that, you know, has a great feel-good element to it and in, in a very unique way to shape the story so you can really feel you know, the inner workings behind Bryce and the ego, because, you know, Freud said it the best, we have the egoic self and we have the heroic self. So I wanted to do that in a way you feel Bryce's real pain, where he's struggling with expectation, where he's having difficulty accepting life on life's terms. And I wanted to do that in a way that people would just love.
0: (laughs) Well, I loved it. And um, I know many people will. For me, as someone that grew up playing baseball, that opening chapter where you're, you're describing the baseball diamond, the condition it's in and you know, that, that heat, um, you, you know, you took me back Colby to, uh, the young chubby Jimmy, um, <laughs> playing at, playing little league baseball in San Diego, California, playing third base for the, uh, Montreal Expos, Chulvis <laughs> the little league team. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you definitely brought, um, there's so many elements of nostalgia, Throughout the book, like it's very, very emotional and personal. Thank I want to, I want to ask you. A lot.
1: Thank you so much, brother.
0: Of course. Um, you know, now, now that you've published this book, it's yeah. released and it's out yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, is it everything that you expected uh, to be as an author, like the the reactions? You know, how, there's just the feeling of like, okay, it's done, and I'm not gonna work on this anymore. You're releasing that part of you, that art of you know colby and your story that you want to share what is that like
1: it's everything it's everything i i never expected it would have this reaction it's been having you know overwhelmingly positive you know almost every single review is a five-star review colby knocked it out of the park it's a grand slam home run of a buck i mean to just get that you know feedback every single day consistent orders every single day it's been it's been amazing and it's been a great ride so far i never expected anything in terms of what it would do in terms of the sales and in terms of the consistent sales which are very important for enduring success but i always knew it was something special i always knew that there would be something every one of us no matter what walk of life we are if we're coming you know, out of jail or if we're like unemployed or if we're like, you know, domestic violence or if we're, I use those examples because those are very curveball-esque experiences people can have in their life. In terms of taking it out of you and in terms of, you know, not wanting to say, you know what, I'm done writing it. I'm done like editing it. I'm done editing it. You know, I, I don't think you can put like a numerical, count on that it's not after like oh it's like 500 edits or 250 edits it's done it's just like you know when you know like i knew because actually bryce's name was greg clark before
0: oh okay really <laughs> i did not know that
1: <laughs> yeah. i'm showing you some behind the scenes stuff yeah, i love it I, was, I love it yeah stefania's name was a different name
0: how did uh, those names kind of those name changes transpire like throughout riding. Like what was the motivation behind the name change?
1: People are like, dude, what are you doing? Greg Clark sounds like an old man's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. And Bryce is obviously Bryce Harper. I did take it from Bryce Harper. Ah, uh, okay. The stud okay. superstar. Yeah. And Holloway just seems like a sexy name, you know, like a Bryce Holloway is like a sexy, it rolls off the tongue really well.
0: Sounds like a first round pick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> award-winning alcoholic
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely
1: um and I, stefania was just you know it's a beautiful name
0: it is it, it catches your attention and uh it definitely you know creates a little bit of uh, tension as to like you know how did they meet and like that background what how, what is that relationship like and um
1: and just just going off that you know I've been very blessed to actually read some really good books on writing that, you know, I found and like my dad has shared with me, very grateful for that. I read Stephen King's on writing in this process, you know, I'm reading like Anne Lamotte's like bird by bird right now. And she had a great point in it that I actually consciously used in the book. So she's like, you know, try to find elements of your childhood and use it somewhere in the story and in the description. So when they meet in Italy, in that Positano place, we used to do vacations there. Oh, uh, okay. So that's like a harkening back to that moment. And I wanted to find a way to replicate that in the book.
0: Well, it, it came through very authentic. Like, it, I, I felt like it pieced the whole puzzle together between Bryce and that connection and like different experiences for him outside of the baseball diamond. You know, something that I really, really liked, uh, I don't even know if I'll go ahead and say it that main tagline in your book and uh mm-hmm. the curveball um you don't succeed um in spite of adversity mm-hmm. you succeed because of it you know what are your what are your overall thoughts on that just in general like has there been a moment in in your life where you you really point to that or and yeah sure
1: certainly i mean you know that's something like i, I i've loved it so you know my, my own personal adversity i had a bit of um just like a slight learning challenge which i've overcame to graduate successfully from law school. But it was in that moment where I was like in a new environment. I was out of my previous school, you know, um, I was in a new environment and I was shaping how my brain eventually would be. And it was, you know, it was chaotic. I didn't know what I was getting into. But thankfully, you know, I had great mentors. I had great teachers at that place. I met some lifelong friends. And that's a real testament to, you know, you don't succeed in spite of it. You see, succeed because of it, not in spite of it. And I think going, me personally, going back and reflecting back on those days, truly made me want to share that in the book. Absolutely. Um, I've succeeded, you know, because of it, because it's forced me to shape the way I think today, to learn new ways, to, you know, new modalities, to communicate, new modalities, to think logically, and yeah.
0: How did 2020 um, affect you and getting this book out or did it?
1: It forced me to be really like introspective and use my time like really, really well.
0: Very introspective. I, I feel like this year's kind of forced everybody to reflect yes. on, um, you know, different moments of our lives that have got us to this point. Do we need to fix things to get to yeah. the next level um, of whatever we want to do? You know, And that, that kind of reminds me of a piece of uh, the curveball is getting on, getting on base, momentum, one base at a time. What, what are your overall thoughts? Like what, what does that mean to you in, in the world of 2020 or just in modern society? Like what does one base at a time mean to you?
1: If you've been unemployed because of COVID, one base at a time, how do we retool ourselves? How do we stop chasing out of perfection and focus on inner reflection? How do we do those things internally that can get us to the next base? How can we, can we retool our resume? Can we find a job coach? Can we send 500 plus applications? We don't know, but we don't know unless we try. We don't know unless Bryce says, you know, spooky, thank you for your guidance. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to keep letting Ego run my life, which he has been, but I'm going to take the next small steps and remove myself from that. Because adversity adversity does love your ego. And I think that's one of the best lessons I can share in the book. It was adversity does love your ego. It loves the part of you that, you know, is just so carried away. You don't really care to know uh, from anyone else because you're just like, I know it, you know, even though the outward results might show an entirely different result.
0: Of course. You know, I, I, um, that, that resonated with me so much one base yeah. at a time. And you can apply that to anything you want to do in life. Like everything has, you know, compounding interests almost or momentum, right? Totally. So like, I just, uh, I mean, you, you saw it on my Instagram. I made a post about, you know, the first time I performed in Tokyo. How was that? You know, uh, well, the, uh, <laughs> the first time was great. Performance went well. Um, however, it just wasn't the turnout yes. that, that we wanted or expected. Um, So you know, I I made in the post. I mentioned, hey, at the time I was disappointed. I was worried, like, hey, am I going to get another shot to perform in Tokyo or Japan again? Just because not many people came. Well, ten months later, you know, that opportunity comes for me to come back and we played. I played at a bigger nightclub, full full packed crowd. Like it went went really well. But like, if I hadn't gone for that first base, like just get on base, like get into that market, establish myself, get that name out. Totally. Like that that was my get on first base for that and that just really really resonated with me um, I feel like there's 100%. so many moments 100%. that uh, people can say like getting on base um, for you in, in the writing process and creativity like is there a comparison that you can make for getting on base when you were writing this
1: well I think it was just it was just coming out of that special school into the quote-unquote normal school you know that mm-hmm. took a lot of you know, inner development, I was I was good to go at that point. I just needed more tutoring. I just needed more time to prepare myself for the normal school. So that was my getting on base moment, quite literally. You know, it's like my springboard into what that environment would be like. And so basically, yeah, so and even like in, in the book, I, I consciously strove to remember what I was like at that time and put it in the book. Because I think, you know, it's Bryce at Chapter 4, he's getting bullied, he's having speech difficulties, he's, you know, shutting him or whatever. I, that was a hearkening back to that moment. And I, I think if we can just put what's most personal to us, it can make it that much more universal. Because we've all gone through this, and whatever your curveball moment is, but we all have something that, that uh, can motivate us.
0: When reading this book, it, it really did force me back to think about different times, like different things that worked in building my career, and my brand, but like the idea of choosing your pitches, like there were times early on where we were just so focused on achieving this one thing where we, we were kind of missing a whole picture um, and establishing ourselves in other ways. Choose your pitches. You know, what? what is that like? What are your overall thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think means to me is like you know, choose something that you know. That you just truly, generally, can see yourself getting behind, one hundred percent. Whether it's like a a passion, whether it's like a project, choose something that you know you can put one hundred percent of your effort behind, and you will have no regrets about doing it. I think that's truly what it speaks to me: to, to choose your pitches, to work within your circle of competence. And I think to remove yourself from, you know, the grandeur, because Spooky says it really well. We're all obsessed, the game pushes, you know, this idealistic image. But sometimes we need to have those uncomfortable moments. That also are part of the, the process as well.
0: You know, Spooky, um, I love that character. Um, <laughs> I love the image that you provide and you know what he wears and his accent. <laughs> um, I just felt like I I I, I knew that feeling. I, I um it all really resonated with me. Like at one point, something that I really took note on was spooky mentions that, you know, victory is fleeting. (laughs) I look back to certain points in my life where like, you know, you achieve something and you maybe celebrate for too long or overwhelm you like, Hey, I got this done and kind of take the pedal off. Like what, what's the the next move after that, after you have like little victories, that's kind of a tough
1: question. (laughs) But I, I think it's the perfect example because, you know, so we had my book launch this uh, this year. So October 17th was the book launch. Four, four days after, the book was live on Amazon. And it was an amazing experience. You know, it was intercontinental, You know, friends, family from the UK, you know, states, Canada, et cetera, et cetera. And we popped the champagne. We had a great time, great celebration, just soaked in the moment as much as I could. But then it was back to the drawing board. Then it was back to, you know, dad, how can I get better at this? How can I make it more polished for the next podcast, the next interview, you know, how can I do the little, little, little things that will have, um, to use Grant Cardone's word, a 10X improvement the next time.
0: Absolutely, I love 10X, (laughs) that's a great book.
1: I, I need to ask you, Besides Bryce, who would you say are some of your other favorite characters that you've stumbled across?
0: Um I really liked Mel. Um and I wanted to yeah. I wanted to ask um about Mel. I you know everybody at some point whether it's a teacher in school, a professor in college, yeah. a coach,
1: yeah.
0: um you know Mel Mel's the general manager of Bryce's team and yeah. he's very stern about you know Bryce's behavior, what needs to change and what's going to happen to him. You know, I think Everybody has to have that one stern figure in their life at some point, like Mel, who's going to say, hey, look, what, what's currently going on right now is not acceptable or okay. These things need to change. Has has there been a Mel uh, in your life that you can uh, think of, Colby?
1: I think my, my dad and my grandparents, 100%. You know, as like like, certainly as like my rock, certainly as... You know, my dad, especially in the guiding force, you know, learned a huge amount from him. And he was one of the inspirations in terms of me writing this book. Because I would go to him, I I used to, I was right next to him. I was like, okay, here's how you do plot. Here's how you do, like, the characterizations. So 100% would be those two. And I, I think it's also just, like, intriguing. Because, like, you know, here I am, you know, with this book, it's on Amazon. But I, I failed my grade 10 grammar exam. Like that's unbelievable. You know, every, man. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, I would take these writing courses in high school, wouldn't really do really well. Like I, I'd pass obviously, but like, so.
0: I'm proud of you, man. I, your family has you. to be proud of you too. That is thank phenomenal. You. I mean, thank
1: you. Thank you. So cheese, dude. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that, you know, you know, my teachers from that moment are kind of with me to this day. They're, I mean, they're not, like, dead, but, like, they're alive. But, yes. like, in, the, in this process, you know, um, and, you know, yeah, we'll like to buy the book someday.
0: <laughs> you know, you, you asked about uh, characters that I liked or resonated with me. Um, there's a moment where Bryce is getting ready um, for a big opportunity and uh, a big moment in his career and the all-time, um, you know, best clutch hitter. Kind of surfaces and um he you know spooky you know mentions hey this character surfaces spooky uh says hey we need to look at you know what this hitter does every single time when he goes into the batter's box he's doing you know the same things over and over these rituals or kind of like re- repetitive movements to cue up the mind and the body to perform um mm. you know what what were those yeah. things?
1: Certainly, so I, I, I think they're the little, little tells we tell ourselves, you know, this is game time. The game face needs to be on, you know, coming out of the practice mode. And I think it's just something, you know, some little idiosyncrasies we can do, whether, you know, tapping our cleats, whether, you know, we're going across in the, in the ground with our bats or tapping our, our batting helmet. So it could be anything. But it's to show the body and the mind that this is game time. This is where I bring my all.
0: Absolutely. And, uh,
1: and I, I love that it, it's before uh, the, the rituals chapter. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's Deshaun or he meets Deshaun.
0: Deshaun, yes. I, I, yeah. um, I didn't want to give away like too many characters. I know he's <laughs> the clutch, the, the like greatest clutch hitter. You know, for me now, like I'm looking back on how can I, as a performer – create this perfect routine where mm-hmm. I'm prepping my mind and my body before a show, like, Hey, this is going to happen, you know, an hour, hour and a half before the performance, these things need to happen in this same order mm-hmm. to prep my mind and body. Did you have any rituals like, you know, before riding, uh the curveball, like whether it was a morning routine or, you know, a few activities you did right before you would, you know, go write, you know, go to a Starbucks or Tim Hortons and write, or, just at home to get into a creative mood? A great
1: cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> a great I, cup I like the simplicity of that. Yeah, <laughs> Keeping it simple. Yes. Keeping it simple, stupid. Um, <sighs> and I, I think, you know, to prepare yourself internally, like, do we have the motivation today? Because you get kind of get that sense, you know, if you're kind of on like a path, or not, which is great, which is fine. But like, do we have what we can today to put onto the page? And like sometimes like you know, like because like I, I I just I I liked doing this project because four and a half years it was just like a project. Oh yeah. But because I had a deep deep why to doing it, like I had a real purpose behind it. So it became like okay can I recollect from the past to bring in on the, to the page? So I think if we're super clear on a wise, then it becomes a lot easier to do the house and to make it just kind of flow from there.
0: Over this four year period, there were times where, you know, you maybe ha- had doubted yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the curveball, you mentioned that, you know, adversity is a team sport. Who are, who are some, uh, I know you've mentioned that your father and your grandparents were, You know, they've been stern figures in your life. I'm sure there are people involved helping you, you know, get this this book out. And, you know, friends, like, was everyone supportive? Were there people that were doubters or haters? Like, I'm kind of curious about that.
1: Oh, my God. Like, I mean, so family was, like, beyond, beyond supportive. Beyond supportive, you know, my friends. Beyond supportive. Like, I had a, a beta reader group. And it was like seven beta readers. And I'm like, you know, so sometimes I used to incentivize them. They get like, a, like, um, like a character illustration or something like that, but a lot of the times they're just doing it because they're like, well, whoa, I love what you've done. I really, really, I love your manuscript. And four years ago, compared to what the manuscript looked this past summer, it's a an night and day difference. Cause then, you know, I went too much into some other things. Like, and it's been a night, it's been a, a, kind of a 180 shift. So I had beta readers, I gave it to beta readers, like, please give me your feedback and I would constantly make those iterations. Some would say, you know, take this out, you know, replace this element of like the plot, but they loved the story. They loved the messages. They loved the characterizations. So that was the beta reader component which was a super integral part actually my grandmother and my father did actually look at it um like this this past summer that's amazing then it was finding the the cover designers and the actual editors to actually work with so finding the cover designer was was really cool because i went to someone else then she referred me to this guy and i the cover was actually my illustration. Like I drew the the bat and like the ball and the cross thing. Oh, amazing! <laughs> I was my own. I, I gave it to the guy, and I'm like, you know, I'd like to have it exactly like that, like or at least he's like, say no more. Within one day, he comes with that design and another cover, and I'm like, we're going with that design. That design is cool, retro and a beautiful cover to actually look at. I, I'm still shocked we could able, we were able to get that done.
0: I love the cover, it's super clean, the colors are crisp, like, I mean, right off the bat, you know it's about baseball, but there's like a bit of nostalgia in the artwork. For, like to me, I was like, okay, that retro feel kind of takes me back a little bit.
1: 100%, 100%. And I think the hardest part was the editors, the the editing process. You know, it was Saturday, Saturday one in the morning, Going through it, like changing it, um, I added things. So I was like, you know, Bryce, thirty-two, you know, an all-time great to signify the demise to the miners, or, or to that twist element to it. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was a, a very arduous process.
0: Um, and I would say, I mean, uh, I'm so curious. I won't say anything about the ending. Was the ending <laughs> something that happened? You know. <laughs> later on in the draft because, okay, now anyone listening to this is gonna be like, all right, I have to like watch it or <laughs> go read the book. Um, the ending could not have caught me more off guard. Not what I expected. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll leave it, I'll leave that there. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, was that ending, you know, did that come out later in the creative process or early on? Because I, I just thought it was
1: brilliant. I, I think it's been, that was, one very consistent part there was one very consistent part but i kept it low-key honestly why this took four years is because i got my law degree in that time i graduated in that time moved home in that time the whole time i kept it low-key i told no (laughs) one i was (laughs) book. oh man
0: i would do the same thing i i agree i agree with that
1: right because it's like don't because you know how you tell someone okay great come back when you have the finished product yeah They're like yeah baby now I have the finished product and we're just <laughs> gonna see what we we, what we can do
0: that's exactly what I'm doing with this podcast I've not really told
1: anyone about 100%. it
0: it's just kind of like hey like I'm doing this and you guys can check it out afterwards so um...
1: it's the most <laughs> surreal thing it's so exhilarating
0: okay so now that you've you' you've put you've shipped your creative work it's out in the world you've done this before now. What has this done for you where you have this in your back pocket, like when you want to do something big, like whether it's another book or another project, like what's that, what does that do for your confidence just moving forward?
1: Well, it shows me the power of just like, you know, coming through on a dream, coming through on a dream and having the tenacity to really stick it out. Because like, I, I didn't have to do it. You know, I didn't have to keep going back to my laptop and over the years, on clicking on the curveball file. But I did, because I knew that, you know, maybe someday I'd like to have this released into the world. Those, and, uh... and, you know, because like I think coronavirus was a great motivator because it's been the biggest curveball we've ever been a part of in, I think, the last hundred years since plagues have been around. So to have that in terms of, context marketing was absolutely huge like because you can say you know like curveball feel a good story okay now you gotta buy the book
0: i commend you for all of the all the adversity that you face i mean the idea of you know saturday night 1 a.m freezing cold probably in toronto <laughs> you have an opportunity to maybe go hang out with friends or socialize take a break from Unloading a little bit from law school, like all the years of there, but no, you kept your head down. You were relentless and Work you just, hard, you right. just
1: hard, yeah, right.
0: you just kept after it. Um, I admire that. It's, it's a requirement, right? Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank I, I want to ask you really quick, the, the artwork um, that you have on your Instagram of Bryce and Stefania. Yes, there it is. Um, are those, are you making those yourself or is it, do you have an artist doing that? 100%.
1: Colby Sharma. Drawing. There
0: we go. I love
1: 100%, it. 100% OG.
0: I love it. Is that, uh, it, it has kind of like a baseball card. Uh, this is Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so,
1: when I was giving um, books away to like influencers and people, I'd actually used to have baseball card sized images of this same one. Oh, really? And I used to give them in envelopes to with people with their books. Yeah. Because really? I'm like, you know, this is a great value add Because it's super creative, super original. You can't find this at Indigo, you can't find this at chapters.
0: No, it's super unique.
1: And like it's a great drawing, if I don't say so myself.
0: No, I love I absolutely love it. Did you wear number seven growing up? Uh no, I didn't. No. (laughs) Well, uh yeah, he looks looks like a gamer right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I, I I spent a lot of time getting like the body right the composition right like holding the bat right it took a lot of work
0: i'm sure i i love that you have multiple creative uh creative projects that you like to work on and put out there there's stefania Stefania. (laughs) we we uh for those of you that are just listening on uh you know the dsps you got to get on youtube and watch this so you can see uh colby's artwork of his characters colby and stefania kind of the um Bryce is definitely the main character and Stefania is his wife, but
1: I I think, but I think that point is very interesting because it shows that, you know, she might not speak a lot, but she's the real rock behind the story. She accepts the motivation
0: of Bryce is for her
1: hundred percent. And I think that's super important when it's the hero's journey, he's coming up around 360 to make the sacrifice for the baby to give up the illustrious career to do those kinds of things and to give back Curveball Incorporated, I think was amazing.
0: Yes, I, the, uh, the, the Curveball Incorporated and <laughs> taking a step back to give back to other people, trying to do what he did for years as a major league player. I hope it motivates people to kind of do something like that in their lives. It creates you know, their, their community or tribe that they can have an effect on. And you're doing that yourself right now, building me sharma brand
1: right now i think at some level like i i put my own self into the ending of the story because that's what i've always been passionate about doing and i wanted to find a way to link the two but do it in a way that really throws a massive curveball because you really would never expect something like that
0: no i i'm obsessed with the ending it's it's i could have never expected it because the whole time it's building up like to get ready for a certain moment, you know, Bryce put his ego aside and he did what was best for the team. Um, I hope that doesn't give too much <laughs> too much away, <laughs> but um,
1: I think we planted some really good seeds this past hour.
0: So, real quick, um, we'll we'll kind of wrap things up here. Uh, I have a few just random questions. Of course. Um, what type of music do you like? Uh, do you have any favorite artists or genres that you you go oh, to? You know, just out of curiosity.
1: My man Drake from the Six. Love Drake. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love rap music. Love hip hop. Uh, love some old school rock and roll. Awesome. Um, I like trap music. I like house music. There we go. Yeah, yeah Toronto. Yeah, yeah. EDM. A great, EDM. Weird,
0: yeah, Toronto has a great, uh, great city for sports, for oh, entertainment. Yeah. I mean, uh, the music scene there is just 100%. absolutely going, going 10%. off. So, 100%.
1: Um, it's underrated because it's like less than New York, less than LA.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's very underrated. It's one of my favorite places I've been. Really want to get get back there, and we can meet in person, hundred uh, g- we'll percent. Grab a, a coffee music. or something, and yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe invite, yeah. have you come out to a show or something? I'd love, but, to. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to. Um, Real quick, uh, is there anything random or any question that comes to mind that you'd like to know about me? Uh, you know, before we wrap things up.
1: What inspired you to become you know a DJ in this line of work?
0: I, I would say. Um, you know, I had a moment where, uh, I, you know, when I was in college, I actually got cut from the baseball team. I was mm-hmm. trying to walk on and mm-hmm. I had this uh, moment where my whole life I had been an athlete and I needed to figure something else out that yeah. I could like really become obsessed about. Well, my roommate in college, he was super into EDM and we always yeah. had ultra music festival or whatever on his YouTube. Yeah. And that's how I found out about it. I'm like, okay, like, cool. My whole life, I've been super into music and I'm just going to go for that. And yeah, I yeah, just kind of took the first steps freshman year of college and built things up. Um, appreciate your time, you know, getting together today, sharing your wisdom with us and your experiences. No, uh, it's
1: not wisdom. It's just like I'm just, <laughs> a, I'm just a 26-year-old guy just trying to do his thing, you
0: know? No, I love it. I mean, you're you're on your journey. And like that, that's, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast is I want to have people on the podcast that are on their way to, you know, figuring out what they really want to do and understanding the world. So,
1: If I if I may, if this would be a good time, yeah. I'd love to share with the audience where they can buy the book, where they can buy the stuff. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely, please. I was just about to bring that up.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: great. No, good. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so if you want to buy the book, it's on amazon.ca or wherever your respective Amazon store may be. But you can find it for sure. Or you can find it by the website, colbysharma.com. If you want to buy, um, if you want if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, Colby Sharma Official. You can sign up to our mailing list at colbysharma.com and you can sign up on our Facebook page at The Curveball 426. If you're interested in buying this limited edition signed piece of artwork, um, we're doing a, a Christmas feel-good special to kind of bring some joy around the, for the holidays. If you buy... 10 books or more at the current price right now at 1685. 10 books would be $160 around there. I will give one signed copy for free. Ooh, there we go. So again, if you buy 10 books or more, you get a signed limited edition price print for the holidays.
0: That is, that is phenomenal, Colby. Um, I, I, I think people are definitely going to hop on that, especially if they see the artwork, and, you know, listen to our chat here. Um, 100%. I want to say thanks to Colby, and um, you can get in touch with them, Instagram, like you just said, Colby Sharma official. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. It was an honor, and uh, it was fun. We'll be in touch, man.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast of an hour.